Hi, my name's Ilya. I'm from the Great White North, but uh, the bad one, not the not the nice one, from Russia. Oh, that North was making wars. Yeah. Boop boop. My name is Moad. I'm Palestinian Jordanian, and I reside in this uh, city called Berlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm Georg, um, Bavarian, living in Berlin. Also, we're all living in Berlin, <laughs> hence the name. And uh, I'm a historian by profession. I uh, also work in the field. And uh, yeah, um, I'm going to be your host today. Also, I'm the most knowledgeable person of the podcast. Out of all I of think, us. I think that's for sure. Out of all of us, top knowledge goes to Georg. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving this podcast some credibility, you know. Yeah. The other ones are here for the jokes. He's basically the fact checker. The, anytime someone, one of us says like, well, what is this? Uh, Turkey is from the 80s, right? It started in the 80s. Georg goes like, eh. <laughs> it was the 70s, loser. I don't know, Ilya, but for you especially, you bullshit so much. You need like a team to fact check. <laughs> yeah, I can't shit. handle this. <laughs> well, we don't have the budget for it right now. We have to yeah, so if you want to work for free for, as a, for us as a fact checker, mm-hmm. send us an email. Uh, so it's, it's, there's no college credits, but, you know. Is there a call? Can we give people college credits? As like a student um, generale, you know? I can. I don't know about you, but I can. You could do it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Crazy. Amazing. Can you do, you can what, give credits to? No. So if, if, if we get a bunch of students who need to like some extra credit, on the side, Georg they can do an can internship get, with us. They can intern with us. I will protest this. Wow. I will literally like, go to some government something like and tell them, hey. you, can't, you can't, come on. Well, look, come man, on. I mean, look, that's the system. We're just trying to change it from within. Well, most the idea was they work for us until they found out, find out they don't get credits, but then it's too late. See, already. it's fine. They don't actually get credit. <laughs> uh, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't either. So for this episode today, I think uh, Georg has something for us. Exactly. Um, today we're gonna jump as far back in history as we have not done in the long and broad history of our podcast. We're gonna go to um, late antiquity, which is basically everything that happened uh, between zero and five hundred AD. Um, a big part of this time was dominated by the Roman Empire. Still, some would say the Roman Empire in decline or at least the Western Roman Empire in decline. We're going to talk about the Western Roman Empire a little, um, or the still unified Roman Empire by this time. We are mostly going to talk about early Christianity, though. Um, This is going to be a bit of a theological one. Um, But yeah, let's try to make it as interesting for our listeners as possible. (laughs) All the atheists may as well just tune out right now, because it's about to get Christian. Yeah, I think actually, like after our last episode, I think we're completely d- developing into a religious podcast now. <laughs> and in five episodes, we're calling people to do jihad or something. <laughs> I would love to start our own little thing or something. You know, I don't want the whole new religion, but I wouldn't mind a sect. You know? Oh yeah, maybe a cult. Yeah, it's a not little bad. cult. I would still use whatever book. You know, I'd be one of the book cults, but I wouldn't. You know, it'd be some new, some different. I'm writing a book. Oh. So I feel like I'm, I'm so loved and a lot of people have affection to me. So maybe use it. Nice. That's quite topical, actually, because today also we're going to talk about uh, the differences between uh, the Bible. What is the Bible, actually? That's going to be one of our main topics. Um, also, like, what's the scripture? And Wait, uh, those are different? We're going to talk about this. You're going to learn something. And what's canon, you know? <laughs> these, these are all different things. And I don't mean the things that, like... 
shoot balls not into the walls. Not the fun one. Balls. Balls. <laughs> balls into walls. <laughs> um, Very good, guys. Yeah. So, like, uh, the title, or at least the main subject of our episode today, will be Marcion. Some of you might have heard about him. I assume most haven't. Um, Marcion is a guy who's considered to be the arch-heretic. By some of the early, early Christian writers, like Tertullian or Irenaeus, he's uh, he got the title of arch-heretic, which basically means, like, an heresy. You know what a heresy is? Like, uh, Heresy is when you say bad stuff about uh, about God. That's blasphemy, actually. Oh, my God. Okay. That's blasphemy. But when you say wrong stuff about God? More, yeah, more. It's basically just a wrong, like, teaching about God. It's a lot of words for the same concept, I feel like. <clears throat> it's not necessarily wrong. It mean, it basically means, um, like, a choice. It means a choice, actually. Yeah, that's good. You, uh, I see you're very informed. Um, this actually goes back to the Greek word for um, choice. I'm not fluent in Greek, neither modern nor ancient, so I'm not gonna try. But like, uh, from what I know, it actually goes back to this source. And yeah, it's a it's a different teaching, actually. It's a different teaching, but as with differences in such topics as religion, usually the main branch tries to yeah to say that they are tries to completely suppress the the, the um, different and they call them, I, yeah, and then they call them they call them heretics. So if Which the heretics the, won, actually the the others would have become the heretics yeah, yeah, yeah. so her- her- heresy as we know it today is like more of a derogatory term for i don't know yeah like losers f- f- lo- yeah it's basically losers in a religion basically mm-hmm. yeah for french groups yeah, in religion yeah. so any any cult that has some any modern cult any today's cult i mean that has any link to christianity still like i'm just giving examples not like judging and like the jehovah's witnesses or something they could con- be considered heretics by the Catholics or the Lutherans or the Orthodox Church, for example. Also, all of these churches technically see each other as heretics too. But like the big three, you could say, in Christianity, they kind of came to this conclusion that they at least tolerate each other, not going to make their lives harder than necessary. But They're at a stalemate, basically. It's basically a stalemate, yeah. They're waiting each other out. And we're also talking today a bit about like how these like several divisions, not so much about orthodoxy or like uh, the lutherans because they came much later but it's kind of a predecessor of what happened uh, later that led to us having so many different interpretations of christianity um yeah and it all starts as i said with like a guy called marcion marcion uh, was a ship owner he wasn't a theological guy by profession which by the way also most people at the time were in like christianity early christianity was a layman's religion so everybody could add something or like contest what another guy said um which as a prerequisite of course meant that these people had time to write and were rich enough to write and like you know not could could write and read for example that's not something everybody could do at the time but this guy, yeah, he owned probably several ships and lived uh, at the southern seaboard of the uh, Black Sea, which today is like northern Turkey, you could say, mm. in the town of Sinop or Zinope or whatever in, in uh, uh, Latin, uh, which was kind of a more or less important, like mid-sized uh, trading town, basically. Um, it's, from an, it's in an area where today, just as a side note... Um, most of our hazelnuts are grown, actually. They all, most of them come from, from Turkey and from this area. And so, yeah, this guy um, was born in, like, we, we know really little about his biography. So a lot of that I'm saying is, like, filling gaps 
between the the facts that we really know about. So we also don't know his date of birth. It's something between 85 or 100 AD. So he lived well after Jesus died. Um, for for that matter, we will kind of I think accept that. Jesus was at least a historical person. We're not going to judge on his theological position of son or whatever, a sal salvator or whatever. Okay. Well, well you can. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but uh, yeah, let's say like for our, for our matter here today, Jesus was a historically existing person who has been dead for, I don't know, let's say 60 to 80 years when... Um, Marcion was born and uh, only in his 30s or rather 40s, maybe even 50s, we don't know his state of birth actually, he uh, sat down probably after making somewhat of a fortune in his profession as a ship owner. I mean, he was not a captain, he sat home and like owned the ships that were cruising, sailing for, for bringing stuff to Rome, for example, from there. Um, and yeah, he sat down and like he was a Christian, not everybody at that time in Rome and the Roman Empire was a Christian, of course but a significant lot of people. And uh, he uh, had some ideas. Let's say he had some ideas. Do you have an, Do you have some ideas what kind of ideas he might have I had? don't know, man. But like, honestly, just being honest right now, guy already sounds... Because I know a lot of guys like that who are like successful kind of middle-class business owners. And then when 40 or 50 hits, they all of a sudden like discover God. They start going to church. Uh, so he sounds already kind of like an annoying guy, I have to say. So you're saying also it was a bit of a midlife crisis? Uh, I think so, yeah, because he like, thing. I mean, he, I read that he like donated 200 bucks, not bucks, they didn't have dollars back then. <laughs> no way. 200,000. 200, Roman something. dollars. Roman dollars, yeah. They didn't come up with dollars back then yet, but you know, just for reference. And he donated it to the church, so he must have been pretty well off by this point. But Did you not say like, not like higher strat. I feel like he's probably like, upper middle class type guy and he probably like hit a ceiling and he's like where else am i gonna go god yeah but, but uh, yeah. What, what what i mean what i know about li like uh, late antiquity is that was the time when christianity was just a vague religion and people were trying to figure out basically what is the religion exactly and what specifically what's the nature of christ uh who is he how he died uh, yeah uh, is he really the son of God, or he's God himself, or he's just a man, and such stuff? So there was a lot of the Nestorians as well, all of the the Gnostic movements. Yeah. Uh, at the time, maybe we can talk a bit. About yeah, we should Gnostic. definitely. That's like that's a an absolutely good starting point. Um, after discussing like the the early biography or rather what we don't know about the early biography of Marcion is like the Gnostics. He, I mean, like just to make sure and to not uh, upset the two theologians listening to us, um, he, Marcion was not a Gnostic. Like also the, the, the question is rather what the Gnostics were. Um, again, Gnostic comes from uh, the Greek word for knowing. So you could say the Gnostics were a group that were not cohesive among themselves. They probably, most of them didn't even know each other. They were mostly guys like Marcion who just sat down as laymen, or some of them might have been bishops or so uh, of Christian communities writing down stuff. And, um, but they were very different from, they, most of them were related kind of to Christianity, you could say, or at least like in the, in the extended field of this upcoming religion. Um, but they didn't take, what we, the scriptures that we consider to be the foundation of the Bible today, too serious and rather um, 
I would say, like added a lot of Platonism, for example, from much older times to it. And their idea is basically salvation and becoming one with God under whatever circumstances exactly is not so much based on faith, which is kind of what I would say is the one of the main things in modern Christianity. It's like you have to believe to go to heaven. Otherwise, nope, you're gone to the other way. Um, rather, they said... Um, you have to acquire knowledge about God and the divine nature of the world or whatever, or rather the nature of the divine world um, to, yeah, I don't know, uplift your soul after death to become one with God or the divine or something. And <clears throat> for Marcion, let's, let's jump a little in his teachings. For Marcion, that was not a thing. Like that's what sets him apart from the Gnostics. Although some other ideas we'll discuss later very much put him near the Gnostics. But like he was in that way a devout Christian, a clear Christian for our modern uh, understanding that he said faith, it's faith. You need faith to save your soul. Knowledge is not so important. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck knowledge. Be a stupid person. Fuck knowledge. Agree, be a stupid dude. person. Like if you can, if you can really uh, ascribe one thing to Christianity, early Christianity especially, it's like they have this break between the old tradition of the Greeks and Romans before they became Christians, which was like knowledge is everything, <clears throat> and we can understand everything through knowledge. Faith is also important, but faith faith has it has its like certain area in the in the everyday life and the state and whatever you go to the temple and like i don't know slaughter a sheep and burn some shit and then you go home and the rest is more or less like done by the rational thinking if you want so also they wouldn't call it that but like with the christians like faith um kind of permeated everything you know like faith was everywhere in everyone's life all the time you know that led to the thinking and living of what we call later the middle ages basically you know so yeah um <clears throat> should i just proceed with um marcian's life so far i think i mean like we really don't know much it's it's a it's a chapter that i will close soon or yeah, do you yeah. have to want to add anything to what so, we far, so no. far yeah um so yeah in um in about um 139 this is like the latest we know or I mean, like this is the the best date we can we can uh, near it down. He from and again here um, he was definitely in his in his forties uh, fifties already. Marcion went to Rome. Rome by the time I mean like just to to give you a little perspective, the Roman Empire by the time was uh, ruled by emperors that weren't Christian and only came quite later. They were like the classical Romans as we know them today, basically. They were already in the face of the so-called principality, which means like the Roman empires. It was not a republic anymore. They had emperors already, basically also since Jesus' birth. And um, they were pagans for our, for our modern understanding and didn't give too much about Christianity rather than considering it a nuisance coming from the eastern part of their empire, basically. But still, in Rome, there was a Christian community. Again, not every Roman living in Rome was a, was a Christian, but there were, was a significant number. And so, yeah, um, we don't really know why, but Marcion um, relocated to Rome. We can assume, I think, that he was himself seeing on a mission because he... he thought he realized something reading the text 
he had available at the time. And again, this is a time before the Bible. There was no canonical text. And canonical means like from all the written sources you have, um, somewhat elected or at least authoritative group of bishops or so priests collect a number of these texts and say like, this is the canon. These are the, the scriptures we all follow and agree on. And so it wasn't that, like in one book. It wasn't in one book. And that's also a yeah. thing like we have to understand by the Bible. Like um, for you as a person raised Muslim, um, the big, big difference between the Quran, for example, the Holy Scripture of the Muslims and the Bible is that like nobody really ever claimed the Bible was written by God or something. The closest it came was um, this idea, this theory of like the people who wrote the Bible, who are also like not really like tangible historical people. I mean, we can't really give them too many dates of birth and life and shit. Um, <clears throat> is um, it's just a collection of these of these writings of these people. You know, it's like it's, uh, some claim that like God kind of influenced or literally even spoke in their ear that we have like a connection to the Quran, I think. But even by the time most people just said like, it's probably contemporaries of Jesus who've seen the one or other thing and like wrote it down more like historians, basically. But like the Bible we know today, which is I'm specifically talking about the New Testament, because the Old Testament, of course, existed by the time already for thousands of years, probably, um, or at least hundreds of years is like the, the Jewish Bible, basically, what the Jews believed. Um, and we'll also come to this. Um, but um, yeah, I'm talking about the New Testament, the story of Jesus. And this is like, we have these four Gospels, which are, do you know? Uh, Paul. Uh, uh, Map. <laughs> Serge. <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think June, uh, John. Luke, Matthew, and, and, Mark. and Mark. Exactly. Uh, funny enough, like um, by the time we're talking about Marcion's time, uh, the early uh, uh, or the late first and early second century, the uh, Gospel of John wasn't even written, probably because John probably lived later, or at least the guy we call John today lived later. Although a lot of people say he was a contemporary of Jesus, but that would make him have lived for quite long. But John isn't John is John the Baptist. No, it's not John the Baptist. John the Baptist is uh, a guy who was older than... He was the guy who, who baptized Jesus. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think every second guy, as in the Anglophone world today, even back then, was called John, it seems. I don't know. But no, John the Baptist was even older than Jesus. Then there was an, uh, an, a disciple, an apostle called John, who was among the 12 apostles of, um, of Jesus. He's now considered to be his um, favorite apostle. I, mean, I leave that to you to decide what that means. <laughs> um, I guess I guess the rumors were true. Jesus was gay. And um, yeah, and then there's this guy who who wrote the the apocalypse story, which is also called John. That's why it's called like the, the what's it called like um, what's the word in, in English? You know which one I mean? Like the, the basically the last chapter of of the New Testament where the end of the world is described. Um, I think it's just called the apocalypse. Armageddon. Yeah, no, that's not really the word I'm looking for. Um, how does a how does a guy like after a hundred years after Jesus's death, like how does he find all these texts? Where does one go to? Like, is it is it are they already collected together, or like does he have to like search them out himself? 
I think you should. Going on. Sorry, I think you you should uh, you should uh, consider it to be something like this. Like um, there was like a Christian section in in every library, and this was a time that was probably way more literate than the Middle Ages that followed. Mm-hmm. So like every bigger town, and I'm talking about like I don't know towns of a couple of thousand inhabitants probably had something like a library. It was more of the same as it was a university, a school, uh, a library, even somewhat of a temple in the same place. They were not like uh, uh, separated by function or something, but they had like a huge bookshelf, you could say there. And there was probably something like a Christian section. And then they had all the available, I mean, like to them, to the people that ran, ran the library, available texts that were considered Christian. There was no things as a Bible by the time, though. So there was not one book, but there was like what this guy wrote, what this guy wrote, what this guy wrote. Like you could call it the accounts of Jesus or whatever, you know, Jesus biography, maybe even or something. Mm-hmm. And only much later are we going to talk about this. Uh, it will be collected into this one book we call Bible. It's ba- the Bible, as we know, it is basically an anthology. And there's, then there's still like even today, 10 different versions of the Bible, you know, Um so yeah, back to Marcion. He goes in like the latest uh, we know. He goes into Rome in 139 AD, and then uh, you talked about it. It's, I think it was actually more than 200 Roman dollars mm-hmm. he gave to them. It was more like if we if we translate it. No, to, no, thousand. Oh, you said thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If we translate it to American dollars, mm-hmm. it was probably something like what we would say like now two hundred thousand American dollars. It's like a campaign dom- donation almost. I don't know. I think it like it's more like a. Like a, I don't know, like culturally is something like this, giving, uh, uh, and he gave it to the Roman church, the Roman Christian church, not talking about the Catholic church, but just the Roman Christian community by the time living in the city of Rome. He gave about like these 200,000 sesterces, I think is the correct description of the coins. Sesterces? Sesterces, yeah. All right. And... Um, so by the time it was my, it was more like, of course, they were probably happy to get the money because they could build shit, I don't know, church or whatever, buy new belts. I don't know if they had, had belts by the time. <laughs> buy new belts. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's surprisingly what churches do a lot with their money, actually. No, I mean, I get it. Yeah. What else would you buy? You pay off people, I guess, sometimes. Also, they pay people. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but but it was more than this like monetary donation per se. It was also him like buying in, of course, in a political sense, into um, the into what the what the community will do in the future, and also just like as a sign of friendship and gratitude for taking him up with open arms. The problem is that didn't last long. Like uh, within like four or five years, because remember, Marcin came there with a with a mission. You could say I'm pretty sure we don't know for sure, but I would I would assume so. Um, uh, he he made most most all of the like uh, higher ups of this Roman Christian community uh, into his enemies because he brought his ideas with him and uh, we should talk about his ideas a bit like Moth already mentioned um, a discussion of the nature of Jesus which Marcin definitely did but it was actually not his main point and I'm by no way saying that um, Marcin was like. An anti-Semite, which doesn't even make sense by the time because it's a racist word and it's a pre-racist time, at least in the ideological sense. But he wasn't necessarily a big fan of the Jews. Um, <laughs> and but because he thinks they killed Jesus or what? 
Um, it's it's really hard to to put the finger on why actually this is the case. We can just deduct it from what he then taught. And um, one of his main things was to divide Christianity from Judaism, and also to divide the new gospel, the or the New Testament, what we now know as the Gospels and the New Testament, from the Old Testament, what we know now as the Old Testament, like the Jewish scripture, the Jewish canon, the Jewish teaching. Um, funny enough, um, you could, uh, or a lot of um, um, theologians uh, named this part, the Old Testament, by the time of that we're talking now, like the first and second uh, century, they name it the law. That's basically the law because it comes from God himself in, in the Jewish understanding, or at least like the, the Ten Commandments. But a lot of the story is God is directly involved in what happens and so. And so like um, Marcion was an enemy of this idea because this weirdo actually believed that they are not the same gods. Like the, the Jews and the Christians believe in different gods. He doesn't really say too much about if Jesus was a Jew. I think in a way he would actually believe that. Uh, but it's not so important for him that Jesus was a Jew. I mean, like in the sense of like what he was seen as, of course, because for him, Jesus wasn't even necessarily a, a, a living person. We'll come to this later, but he wouldn't like uh, disagree with that. Jesus actually like showed up in Judea, like the Roman pro province of Judea or Galilee and like wandered around and did his teachings there. And at least when I say he's a Jew in like a cultural and theological circle of Judaism. But um he didn't. He he wanted his Christianity to be without the Judaism. He, he he really like he had like a personal campaign, you could say, and like completely separating the two. And also like uh, when he later collected and wrote texts or or edited texts, you could say, into what we can consider really the first gospel. So this is one of the things. Maybe this Marcion guy was the first the author of the first thing we can consider gospel, like a full account of Jesus's lives and teachings. He literally like um, crossed out anything and he had a source. So maybe he had Luke's gospel as a source or another source we don't even know about today. That's all disputed in, in theology. But he definitely, if he used Luke's gospel, for example, um, he definitely like uh, crossed out all the parts that were related to Judaism in the theological sense and even in places that linked Jesus to being a Jew himself. So maybe I was even a bit too too uh, too well intent uh, with uh, uh, Marcion. He maybe even really wanted to make G Jesus not even look like a Jew. Um, and uh, yeah, one of his main teachings is also like we have two gods, the Jewish God and the Christian God, Jesus's God and the Jews God, you could say. And um, this gets even weirder when we talk about the nature of the world. Do you have any idea? Like, because like they, they, we have a lot of problems here. What what kind of problems would you think of now here? Like that we come up here. Well, wouldn't so, it make him like a polytheist? In what sense exactly? Because he says stating now there's two omnipotent beings. Oh, so, oh yeah. No, he, he, he didn't say omnipotent, but we'll, we'll come to this. Uh, so yeah, no, he's not saying they're omnipotent. Like, um, but he thinks... He thinks that there are two gods. He thinks that there are two gods. Like when we say God, um, we have to make a superpower. Sure. Like 
Yeah, like uh, I, I see what Ilya said, like uh, or why he came to this conclusion. The idea is um, that uh, the one God created the world. This is an idea that also comes from from much earlier from basically Greek philosophy. This it's a it's a they always like the Greek philosophers Plato, for example, talk about a guy called the Demiurge, the Demiurgos or something it's called in, in Greek, I think, and. Um, That means the craftsman. That basically means the craftsman. And this guy is the creator. This guy is who created the world. Like, we don't really know why or for what purpose or something. He's not omnipotent. He's not seeing everything. He's not knowing everything. Uh, he yeah. just had the power to create the world. And that's basically it. Like, oh, And then he went off stage and, and left the world to what it is. And the problem is, by now and of course even by then... Um, People that looked around in their lives and world, even although we had like a Roman Empire spanning the whole Mediterranean and it was like considerably peaceful actually within the Roman Empire, at least you could say, they saw there's a lot of shit happening in the world, like suffering, illness, war, hunger, pestilence, whatever, you know? And um, so the question arises, and this is a question that is like still prevalent in, in modern Christianity and it's even like probably never made me embrace Christianity as a whole is this problem of theodicy, I think it's called. It's like, why, if God created the world, is there so much shit in the world? Mm. A lot of people, Christians especially, came up with solutions to this, which I all find a bit half-assed and ramshackle, to be honest. Yeah, so, so in the end, like, Marcion solves the problem, and he's quite radical and creative by saying, like, no, this guy is not the God I'm believing in, and it's not the God I'm following, and it's not the God Jesus taught us about. This guy, this Demiurg, is just like some some fuck up that like came along, created the world, made the Jews believe in him. I don't know how he literally did this. Like Marcion, we we have no scripture of Marcion himself. All we know of Marcion is things his enemies wrote about him, and we can or people even try to collect like as much as we can from hearsay and or like written down quotes or whatever. But we can't really reconstruct um, what what Marcion. But I mean, ever wrote. If you if if we want if I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. he's a guy who sees those uh, accounts of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus about this God that's all loving and uh, amazing and like teaches about compassion and loving your neighbor and all and like hit me on all this uh, shit <laughs> and yeah and hit me on one cheek I turn the other mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time if you compare it to the same God who's in the Old Testament which mm -hmm. is like a, a psychopath mm -hmm. he's a psychopath he, he like Really, he did like a lot of weird shit when he told David to send his uh, general to, to war to be killed so he can fuck his wife. He's he's a he's a psychopath. Mm. So for a person who's who believes in Christianity and see like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, honestly, like it doesn't make any sense that those are the same the the same entity that we're talking about. Mm. So I feel it's it's not only just hate or determinism. It just doesn't make sense. It's ill, it's illogical. To have, to have uh, this peaceful one and uh, the psychopath in the same place. So, I think it's a natural thing to separate it. No, those those are not the two people. I think yeah. it's very, like, logical. 
I, I, I agree with what you mean. Like we have a dichotomy here. There's a, there's a logical problem, definitely. Like it doesn't really come together. I mean, like I'm not an expert, but I think the, one of the other solutions to it is something like God had a change of mind. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's like people change, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And after all, God is just a human being. <laughs> yeah, it's one of us. Yeah, I mean, like, this is really one of the other solutions is like, I don't know, like something happened in God's life. He had a shower or something and then like came to a, to the realization that he maybe should change his life and stop being a dick. Or kill people almost, in the luges. He almost got into a car accident in the last moment. Maybe, yeah. Swerved. Or maybe he like like uh, fell down the stairs and like realized... And uh, he survived and he was like, okay, I'll, I will be nice. He, whatever he's talking He prayed about. to God. <laughs> like, I'll be... I promise. I Near death experience. Yeah. Or he had a tumor or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he survived a bad cancer or something. And he had like, a fatty yeah. lump, which he went to the doctor. They checked it out. It's benevolent. It's okay. It's benign. It's fine. He was like, fuck. I already promised I'm going to be yeah. better. The thing is, we can't really know. And like, so I, I, I tend to agree with more. Like, it's, it's like a more or a, like a cleaner solution to say, okay, these guys were absolutely actually the, the two different people all the time. The thing is, though, we have new problems and questions here. Like, I, I think Marcion solves as many problems as he creates new ones, which is like, again, why did the Demiurgos even create the world in the first place? It's not necessarily the most important question because, like, kind of uh, um, evidently the world is here. Um, but where does this other guy, the, I mean, like, let's call them two, like, the, the god of love and the god of law. The god of law is the Jewish god, the psychopath. Um, the god of love is uh, the Christian god. But, like, why, again, like, if the one created the world, where does the other come from? He was not created, and I think Marcin is pretty sure about this, he was not created by, he's not a creation of the Demiurgos, of the god of law himself, but he's a new god, he's an external entity, he's basically a fucking alien landing in a spaceship. And where was he? And yeah, where yeah, was he all the time? <laughs> exactly. Like, where, what, and why now, you know? Why did he decide in, like, about Jesus's lifetime to send his his son, or, like, I don't know, emissary or whatever, to Earth? And but why now is maybe because we believed Marcion. I think we, we can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because Marcion and a lot of those groups as well, French groups at that time, believed that the, the world is going to end soon. So this is like our last warning. So I don't know. Absolutely. That's a, that's a, thank you, Martha. That's a very good point. We can almost for sure say most or all of the Christian groups by the time believed like they have... A maximum of 100 years left and then things, things end Tick so this is like they're basically all end of day cults so according to him what does this god even do like what's his role at all the new one the, the god of love one, yeah um that's also like as i said we don't really know too much of marcian's writings but most kind of gave some examples he's the god of love he's the hippie guy he's he basically comes in his in his vw flower painted hippie bus around his celestial one and says like hey guys why don't we love each other and like what actually was you were you doing under this other fucker here all the time let's have a good time we have only one 100 years left something like this i think mm. hmm. also like the, the question again is like how can I mean, like, does the does the god of laws world that he created this flawed world fall apart, and that's why it ends, or like, does he like is this that the guy set up with it, and that's why the and just destroys his creation, or does the 
new guy, the hippie god, the god of love, then like kind of initiate the the, the last days or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it really makes not too much sense. It's or it's at least by the sources we have really hard to to I mean, decide. Yeah. It's religion. It never makes sense. Right? Maybe this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, yeah, like with all these crazy ideas, like and then let's say like the the other Roman Christians we were talking about living in Rome, this community where Marcion just came to and like said like, hey hey guys, I'm can if I give you these two hundred thousand Roman dollars, can I be a friend? Um, it's not super clear what they actually believed in, but one thing is pretty certain: they did not believe in this all this craziness we just talked about. They at least believed in the unity of God. Not talking about the Trinity, but they believed at least like the God, uh, the, the God of the Jews is the God of the Christians and so on. Right? Maybe some of them even considered them to be somewhat of Jews 2.0 more than Christians even, you know. Yeah. Um, Judeo-Christians, I think they are even called. Um, and so, yeah, like after, like, I don't know if he came like straight through the door with his, his new teachings or like funneled them in a little after a while after a while but so four or five years after he arrived they realized no this fucking nutter is like trying to turn everything upside down and we're not gonna let this happen and so basically they kicked him out and guess what happened then did marcio just like jump on one of his ships and go back to synopy of course not oh, of course, of course not. not he's a man with a mission he's rich man He's a rich man with a mission. He's basically the the, the the theological Elon Musk of the time or something. And how they kick them out? They like had like a, an election. Uh, it's not like they tried to. Yeah, like they had like a council, like uh, all came together and like voted him out. Basically, that's they, fraud. Man. Did they give him back his money or not? They gave him back his money. Really? They really? Gave him, they gave him back his money, but like as he was so rich, it was more considered as an insult, basically, rather than like a reimbursement. Ah, okay. They gave him back his money, which also like was like here's our friendship. You Big fuck. Move. Wow, so he really fucked up. He really, they really had like a hard time together. They really yeah. hated him. They really hated each other, yeah. <laughs> and like, so Marcion said like, now I'm gonna fuck up all these guys more than ever. Um, at least to this point, we can't be sure if he was like really this self-absorbed prophetic person or considered himself something like this. But after that, he definitely was on a, on a, um, on a spite trip, you could say, um, because he's then immediately started founding his own church. It was a free for all, basically, for churches back then. And so, like, he said, like, yeah, I'm gonna do my own version of Christianity now. Oh, it's like NGOs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And weirdly enough, he was quite successful with it. I don't know if it was like uh, rooted in the the convincing argument of his teachings, or rather, like, I don't know, because he bribed people. I don't really know. But like, he was. He was pretty successful with it, and um, yeah, um, it it was probably through his lifetime because, I mean, like, as we all know, there's no Marcionist church in the world anymore, not really a, even a small cult in like I don't know a valley in the Levant or something. Um, yeah, you can find everything there. Maybe there's yeah. sources, but like <laughs> really, there's nothing really left that where people would call themselves Marcionites or something. And um, but that like after his spy trip started was quite the opposite. Like he was so successful during his lifetime, and that's what what I wanted to say. Like after his death, Marcionism soon, like within fifty years or so, kind of dissolved and disappeared. We will also 
talk about why a little later but like uh, during his lifetime especially his his later lifetime it became the prevalent most important uh, christian denomination if you want so at least in the eastern part of the roman empire which includes the whole eastern mediterranean basically so in egypt in the levant in uh, nowadays turkey in greece um the Marcionites were the shit, probably. They were the ones that ran Christianity, you could say. And this also had consequences, of course, but because, like, as we all know from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And, um, well, I think at least Marcion or his, his, his disciples or his followers um, made use of this powers and responsibility or, like, used it well, at least in their, um, in their view which um, meant they um, sat down and like uh, compiled a gospel, you could say, as I said earlier, or like rather Marcion did it and the other ones not nodded. But um, yeah, so like he was also the guy uh, that for the first time wrote something like a Bible, which included a, a long list of texts, which mostly you will find in the Bible today. One interesting part is how he started his Bible. We'll talk about this. Um, but like it's it's based on like an earlier text of him. It's called the Antithesis, where he basically, it's like his Communist Manifesto or something, where he um, sketched out like a list of things that he thought in the prevalent Christian teachings to be bullshit. And we already talked about the main points of these. And based on this, or like along the lines of these uh, teachings or this thinking, um, he looked at the text, he went to his local library basically, went to the Christian Bible section or like Christian scripture section rather, and um, took out all the books, read them and threw them in the bin that he didn't like because they had too much of Judaic influences or like really just some, some factual things that he didn't like and could... Um, bring to to uh, uh, work with his his teachings or beliefs uh, and kept the rest basically and so it's something that's very close at the center something it's only includes one gospel it's very um close to what we consider the, the gospel of luke today which is what is it like the gospel of luke is like okay there's like okay thank you for the question um there's things there's three things or three gospels of the four we have are considered synoptic gospels that means like they were necessarily written by one single person. We don't know that, but we kind of can assume it for, for our matter here. And um, they were written not too long after Jesus's death, most probably by contemporaries of Jesus. And um, they more or less tell the same stories. Things happen at the same places, in the same ways, in the same order of things, with some differences here and there. So, like, these three are usually even, like, in some, like, some study Bibles, they are printed, like, on the same page in three columns or something. So, you can read, like, okay, Luke says this, Matthew says this, Mark says this. Like, there's big debates in theology on, like, who came first and who who copied whom and all this shit. Um, but, like... Um, we definitely know, like, as I said, the Gospel of John was written later and has a lot of different tellings of stories, different stories, and goes more into, like, the first three, the synoptic ones you could consider more of, like, Jesus biographies. They include, like, um, miracles and all this, this stuff, but um, 
with John, um, there's more poetry or poetry-like passages in the in the book, and there's more like stories that are just not in the other ones. I unfortunately can't really give you examples because I'm not an avid Bible reader, but like um, from what I heard is like people consider John's Bible to be the nicest to read because it's like more of a a poetic, a poetic novel-like whole story, whereas the others, like also, there's like in the others, I think it's on all four of them, but in the other three, there's like jumps. There's like just some seems like there's some years where we don't really know uh, what happened, and and also what Marcion would have probably liked. Um, I'm really depicting him as an anti-Semite, I think. But like, um, what he would probably have liked is like John's Bible is most critical of the Jews, mm-hmm. like all this like. They were the ones, like, in the other ones, it's more like the Romans kill Jesus. And in John's, it's like the Jews bring Jesus to the Romans to be killed and stuff like this, you know, for example. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, what, like, uh, uh, Marcin then, uh, com- so, like, or rather what I'm saying is, like, um, when I say it's it's most, Marcin's gospel would be most similar to Luke's, it is also quite similar to, to Matthew's and, and Mark's because they're all similar to each other. Um, but closest to Luke, or at least like from the parts, from the very few quotes of, of Marcion's enemies um, that we know of, um, the the wording is closest to Luke himself. So it's prob- okay. probably that like either he had Luke's gospel available already, or they used the same source, something like yeah. this, you know? Okay. So um, let's talk about a bit more about... Um, after we talked about uh, how he compiled his gospel, which didn't include his own teachings, by the way. Like, Marcion was not a guy who funneled his own teachings into the gospel or, like, into his, like, testament or whatever you want to call it, his canon. He was using other people's sources. He just used and did not use the part of people that... He he did not use the parts of people he didn't like and used the parts of people he liked. Um... So basically, all that Mar- Marcion like considered to be canonical is still in the Bible, with a lot of other stuff that he didn't like. But um, his own followers, he taught some interesting stuff too. We go a bit, and fr- soon we're gonna go a bit more in like um, what that what his like compiling of of uh, holy scriptures meant for um, his look on or his view of Jesus, mostly. But um, what do you think that he like, like just to give you an idea again, like we're in like about the year, let's say 100, I don't know, 40, 50, maybe some of it came up earlier, 20 uh, AD. And that's like the time when the Roman Empire is at its, its peak. Around the year 100, you could say like under the Emperor of Trajan, like the Roman Empire is the probably the, the biggest and most powerful empire in the world. It's not conquering, it's not expanding anymore because like they kind of realized more expansion would mean more problems. So they, they were satisfied with what they had. And they had a lot of problems at their borders already with like the Germanic tribes and the Parsians and what, what was Persia, Persia. And Roman Britannia. Like it was, Roman it was Britannia always, has always been a problem for them. Always been a pain in the ass, exactly. But um, Christianity, don't, that wasn't necessarily like one of their biggest concerns at the time. So um, in this kind of 
underground movement of Christianity, you could say early Christianity. He had like a strong followership, as I said. And also they were considering themselves to be the last generation. Also something that kind of rings with us today, I think. Um, so what do you think was, was some of the stuff that he taught his followers to do or not to do, rather? Veganism? Kind of, kind of. Um, because they think that they're going to die, so why, why have children, right? Exactly. So yeah, let's talk about these two things. Like um, They had, specifically it seems, they had um, eating rules which meant they, uh, Marcin told his forest to avoid wine, ah. like drinking, no fun, um, and also meat. So your about, idea about veganism wasn't bad. Specifically red meat, though. But And I can't really give you an answer for why. Um, it's what, just one of these eating rules that Blood pressure. came up. Um, probably was things that were considered to be too tasteful you know too much linked to the to the flawed bad world that you should not indulge too much in but um fish seems to have been fine <laughs> fish and brussels sprouts they were basically allowed to eat brussels sprouts specifically no no no, no not brussels sprouts specifically i'm not sure if they even existed by the time but like yeah any any kind of vegetable broccoli <laughs> spinach all, all the stuff that's healthy weirdly enough um and doesn't make too much fun. And yeah, no drinking. And as Moath uh, uh, pointed out correctly, yeah, sex is also a no-go, basically. Sex is not a no-go. Well, the thing is, like, it's the, the, we're, we're here now talking about a time well before most contraceptive methods. So procreation was actually the one thing that, like, or even being married or, like, having too much uh, of a close connection to between the genders, you could say. All the things that led to procreation or lead to procreation, and so like, that's why they petered out. They got no, they got no new supplier. That's them. actually that's actually one, one one smart thought here. Yeah, like probably like what he told his followers to live like wasn't too attractive to the followers. Um, that's one of the reasons, maybe why maybe why it petered out. You're right. Yeah. They didn't know how to pull out back then. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, like new. That's pulling out is like that, that was invented by a spanish guy called rodrigo in, rodrigo in 1950 yeah. <laughs> are you serious, no. yeah. serious. <laughs> of course pulling it out was an option but like i mean like i'm sure i'm sure well, i get, i yeah, hope most i hope most you use other contraceptive methods than pulling out uh, because like, this is like a 50 50 uh thing. i'll use a condom even if i'm just high and drunk as fuck i'm still gonna i just it. wear it just <laughs> Even when I'm not so you, yeah, yeah, just in case. You're saying, Moth, you're wearing a condom always when you're high? <laughs> he gets high by wearing a condom. That's no, no, I mean, high. if there's at any point I'm having sex, no matter my mental state, I will never risk having a fucking kid in yeah. general not not because the world is fucked up or anything i just hate kids yeah yeah, yeah. that's a that's a that's more healthy it's know? so annoying man yeah. will make you technically a good marcinite although yeah the the the, the purpose you're using the condom for is something that also i've seen him drink a bunch of times i'm okay i'm okay not drinking wine if he's okay with beer I'm, I'm True, the but, they, but they had beer back then he probably wasn't too cool on beer either it, it, it was not the kind of beer you would consider ah, a beer it was more like something like a like a weird uh, mixture of like ground grain and water that you let sit on the windowsill for 
two weeks or something. Mm. But yeah, they had something like beer. Beer is probably the oldest alcoholic beverage there is. Yeah, yeah. It was made in Sumeria or Egypt. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's it's as old as agriculture. Wow. Yeah, of course, man. That's pretty cool. So we're like part of an ancient tradition. It's probably the most ancient thing in this room. Yeah, yeah. You're oh wow. You have a bird now? <laughs> the cat is playing with a toy. So, um, yeah, and like, um, so it was like a no fun community, basically, like, which very much, uh, much like, uh, for me, it rings the bell of like, modern cults, too, because a lot of them have it teachings like this. It sounds fun unless, but that's, you know, what's the difference? Because at least sometimes it's fun for the leader. But in this one, it doesn't even sound like it's fun for him. We don't have, as I said, we don't have like too much accounts of what, uh, kind of the kind of life Marcion was leading. Yeah. He was definitely most probably at least able to pay for a lot of wine, a lot of red meat and a lot of prostitutes. So either he was like a cult leader like uh that didn't like really follow his own teachings and just made other people's life hard, but um, we don't just don't know. But Maybe I he was he like he was a rich guy already before that. So he could indulge like he wouldn't need a cult to make to you know acquire those resources. Bas- yeah, basically. Yeah. Like this is a good thing that speaks against him being like the classical cult leader. Like he wanted the like well, there's two things, like, for two reasons for also, why to become way, a cult leader, right? He told him not to have sex and not to have children, even though every other cult leader says, please make as many children as possible, because then you keep the kids in the community and they become the new generation of the cult, you know? And this one, it really seems he believed in this bullshit. It depends on the cult. Like, Heaven's Gate were completely against this. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's Those are the guys who want the world to end, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are the leaders of the Heaven's Gate, they killed the themselves with the guys or did they no they killed themselves of oh, course. so that's yeah. what i mean they're so two believers and so also they, they didn't shun anybody who wanted to leave they just give them that means bus they actually tickets. believed in it you know those guys who think the world's ending yeah yeah you know? they were like the weirdos people who sold all their shit in 2000s you know when they thought the world was ending yeah like with the with this uh Y2K. computer buck or whatever that... yeah but there was a bunch it's not just white yeah. okay there was like christian ones too that the new okay. millennium is coming and they're thinking like let's sell our everything we have and like to go on a trip and then for jehovah's out. witnesses like almost every year they change their mind they can next year the world is gonna end then yeah. next year the world is gonna end that's yeah now they're so hot on russia's war and ukraine so they you see we told I mean, you they're, they're waiting for them to, to like, drop the bomb basically yeah yeah i mean they they change it so many times may as well just do it by this point like get one of your jehovah witnesses in somewhere high up in the government and get them to press the button you know what i mean yeah self-fulfilled prophecy so yeah let's um after having discussed uh, what he told his uh, followers and we don't know if he followed it themselves uh, his teachings himself but um he was also and this is kind of a good bridge to what we're gonna discuss after it he also talked a bit about the nature of jesus christ which was a big which was a big thing back then because like as moth said like all this was up to debate. I think you said something like this earlier. All this was up to debate among the different Christian cults. And um, will, which will become even more important later when this idea of Trinity comes up, which is like the, as I think, one of the weirdest aspects of Christianity even to this day. Um, but for Marcion, Jesus Christ could not have logically been part of the physical world he had a physical appearance like he was basically like a hologram or something you know he was like a hologram of the hippie god of love that was not of this place 
And um, so he was there. He could be seen and even touched. So he was not even a hologram. But like... Um, he like transform. He can transform into whatever he wants. Like a cat, a man, uh, like anything. He, for Marcion, he's more of a superhero than for any other early Christian, I guess. Because like, yeah, he and like this is very much seen also in like how Marcion A started his Bible. Because like the classical Bible stories start with the nativity, with Jesus, uh, with J Joseph and Mary, and like how Mary gets fucked by God, and well, not literally, but you know what I mean. And um, so for for Marcion, Jesus just appears. He's just like a guy that's literally descends from heaven in like a white suit. And the weirdest part is that he does that not in the year zero, which obviously wouldn't make our year zero year zero for Marcionites if they would have become the prevalent Christian denomination. Because for him, so technically, if the Marcionites would kind of be the dominant Christians in the world now, in the 90s, right? we would still be 30 years back <laughs> in, the, in our counting. Because in the year, and he literally says, in the 15th year of Ti Emperor Tiberius's rule, and I looked that up, that would make it the year 29 or 30, Jesus appeared and uh, just out of the blue out of the blue like uh, there's a there's a um, part in what now we consider Luke's gospel of how Jesus appeared in uh, in, in this town in Galilee I think um, and this is like also how Marcin's Bible starts I can read it to you now Jesus came down to Capernaum a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man, which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone, what we, what we have to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him, and hurt him not. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. So you see in this story, which like is just like kind of like a middle section or whatever, middle-ish section of our of our Luke gospel today, um, he just appears. And like there's not this is one sentence basically where it said like Jesus came down to Capernaum. And um that's it basically. So all we know and like how we can like translate it and if you go into the original text and shit it's it means basically he just like appeared in the sense of either he was he came there from somewhere being on earth already as we interpreted it today now or he just literally came there from the skies from heavens and that's like how Marcion saw it so there's no Mary there's no nativity because um, all these things would bring up two problems for Marcion a him being very closely related to Judaism, being born as a Jew, mm -hmm. being raised as a Jew, being well well versed in the Jewish teachings and shit. Um, 
And also, like, he's not a human being per se, because as a human being, as I said earlier, he would be part of the world, which he can't. Like, that would, like, completely turn Marcion's teaching upside down if he was. He's a part of the creation of the, the, like the thing that the... The God of Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if no, but if oh, he was born, yeah. he would be a creation of the of the demiurgos, yeah, of, of craftsmen, exactly. Yeah, and and this can't be. So it's like kind of actually a cheap trick. He basically just like skipped a part that he didn't like and just started somewhere, which is not a good like. Yeah, he was a like a, a fine cherry picker. <laughs> he was definitely very eclectic. Yeah, <laughs> and um, talking about like Jesus's beginning, if you want so. There's also a problem with which probably, and I'd really like if you want to elaborate on it a little more, because it's a problem that we later on uh, run into in Islam. It's like how Jesus died. Because yeah. for Marcion, Jesus wasn't crucified. The whole passion story doesn't exist because that again brings up problems of like, how could a guy who's actually not of this world be killed on the cross in a in a physical appearance or something you know what i mean yeah so he also did, just leaves it out basically so it's it's even more unclear as i said we only have fractured parts of his of his scripture or teaching or what he would really consider the gospel it's probably just like as G jesus enters the stage he just leaves it at some point also he's probably just like after he delivered jesus is a vessel basically he's just there for for the for the god of love to give his teachings to the people basically say like you have to believe in me the world is gonna end soon like basically the 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 created world of this bad god is falling apart soon anyways and like prepare your souls that's kind of the thing prepare your souls for the ascendance to this new god who will open uh, who will accept you with open arms if you just believe in him and so yeah like technically for marcion even jesus christ didn't die for our sins on the cross also, he doesn't have this problem, obviously, because all the sin, the original sin problem and all this comes from the Old Testament, which is also not considered canonical by, by Marcion. So you could even say, I'm, I'm leaning a, a bit out of the window here for Marcion. Jesus is a lot more like Muhammad is for Muslims, actually. He's more a prophet, a messenger, um, not as a human being as Muhammad, but like he, he's, he's fulfilling the same function, basically. Yeah. And so he can't be crucified, so he's not really dying. He's just going back home, basically, after he fulfilled his mission. Yeah. And um, this uh, leads us to another early Christian heresy that happened about, uh, well, let's say 100, 150 years after Marcion's death. As I said already, the Marcionites, also for like about... The time of about 50 years were the prevalent group, maybe also because um, just there was a lack of... Uh, Marcin was probably just rich and like very uh, industrious and traveled and preached and shit. Uh, or delegated that to others um, who were successful. Um, but like soon after Marcin's death, like they couldn't uphold the whole thing. Maybe it was too unattractive to followers. It fell apart. But new guys came up with similar, weird, or, yeah, contested ideas, you could say. Um, and one of them was Arius. Arius, who lived a good, well, let's say, 150 years after um, uh, Marcion. The Roman Empire had transformed by the time already. It was, the rule of, uh, it was during the rule of Emperor Constantine. The one who also moved the capital to from Rome to Constantinople. Yeah. It was more like a political shift to the east, you could say, and uh, which was the more 
Christian part of the Roman Empire. And uh, this guy, Arius, who, uh, if I'm not wrong, comes from modern-day Egypt, so like Alexandria or something, um, had another teaching. Or rather, he had a problem with the teaching that after Marcion, who, who he himself and the other early Christians didn't bother too much with, but after Marcion's death has, has become a, a contested topic um, uh, that was uh, Trinity. And Arius had problems with Trinity. What like what 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 is the Trinity? Would you like to like so sum it up for our listeners? Uh, I mean, you guys know more. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if we know more than you. <laughs> I mean, just the basic concept of Trinity, like yeah. it's um, uh, there's three guys, and one of them is also his de- his father, and the other one is at the same time the son. And the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. It's just like, it's one of the most, like, really stupid beliefs, I think, in Christianity. And no matter how many people who studied philosophy and theology try to explain it, it's just... I'm more wondering why. what was the need for creating a trinity? Which logical problem is being solved? Because, because I think the problem of the nature of Jesus, the, <clears throat> you can he can't be fully God, he can't be fully human, so he's everything. He's all of yeah, yeah. I don't like that's <laughs> like I don't know. They tried to solve a problem with creating like a bigger uh, problem, which is the, that's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. But you can uh, enlighten us. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically yeah, as you said. Like it's like the the there's there's this one like sentence or like teaching thesis, whatever you could say, that uh, sums up Trinity. It's like there's God is threefold, but they're all one. Yeah, it's like, and as Moa said, like the idea of why it came up, other other people, theologians, historians, uh, other than me, probably know it better, but it's probably related to this idea of yeah, is Jesus a man uh, or is Jesus God or like if he's like part of God, like how many, how which percentage of God is he, like and who's the boss in this relationship, and as um, Jesus himself spoke about the Holy Spirit. Like, it was actually Jesus bringing up the Holy Spirit thing uh, completely. Like, um, what is the Holy Spirit, actually? Um, because, like, I, this is, like, really something I not, don't make up now, but I didn't do a lot of research before the episode. But I think in the beginning, the idea of the Holy Spirit was more something of, like, it was a metaphor more like the, it's more like the communal conscious of the Christians or something, you know? But, like, over, like, a century of theological debate, they, like, it became canon, it became, like, the mostly accepted opinion that God has, like, these three faces or whatever. He has, like, he is himself as the father, like, God, like, as, like, the most classical idea or interpretation of a God, omnipotent uh, and omniscient and all this shit. And, like, then there's Jesus, because this is very central to Christianity, of course. So he, like, kind of either as a hologram, a projection, or, like, a literal man of, of blood and flesh, he puts some part of him on earth. And then Jesus himself came up with this thing with the Holy Spirit, and they all these followers of Jesus that, like, followed him, like, even 200 years after his death, had to come up with, like, making sense of this, because it doesn't really make sense, you know? It's like, are we back in polytheism here now? Is like, are we having, like, three gods now? And but does he ever say like I'm the Holy Spirit? Why would they even drag 
the Holy Spirit. No, he's not. He's never saying this. He's only talking about the Holy Spirit. I understand the problem. Like, okay, him and his dad. How do you reconcile that? But why is the Holy Spirit part of it at all? I mean, they had it in the scriptures. They had to come up with something. Just just to make it more complicated. I I understand that because I get. I see the problem with like he is the God, and but he's also a guy. But the Holy Spirit, that's what I... What, uh... I don't know. Like, I, I know how the Muslims think about it. They think that the Holy Spirit is basically just an angel who, who is... Like, actually, basically, he's a secretary of God. Who God, The Father in heaven tells him, like, yo, man, go tell Jesus this. Mm, okay, he's like a middleman. Yeah, and then he goes, but he's, like, such a good spirit that doesn't lie, doesn't... Uh, you know, like, he says what God wants... Mm-hmm. as he wants to Jesus and also to Muhammad like this the Holy Spirit they in, in Islam they think is also the angel called Gabriel Gabriel mm-hmm. which is Gabriel yeah uh, which is the one who actually went to Muhammad mm. uh, as well like told him like God tells you this and this and this and Muhammad was just like you know a messenger exactly but when you say like even if I want to go with this explanation if Jesus is is the Son and the Father is like, you know, like the two sides of one coin, then why do they need a, like a communicator between yeah. them? It's just, yeah, it feels like it's the whole thing is a bit schizophrenic for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a dick to Jesus or whatever, but yeah, it sounds kind of weird. It's that's settled with. It's just a problem they had. Right. They made it up themselves, but now now they were like, um, yeah, yeah sitting in this shit and like had to make sense of it and Arius um solved the problem with basically saying well the trinity doesn't exist he said like trinity is stupid god is god there's like a hierarchy and in, the, in between these entities more even like later the the muslims actually like yeah the holy spirit is it's not so sure what that is like i think Arius didn't like say too much about this also as jesus brought the idea up he wasn't like probably too keen on like criti- criticizing Jesus too much, but he didn't want to accept the idea of that that uh, Jesus was like more than a mere man. Like he doesn't say he's not the son of God, but he's is it's also a bit rooted maybe in this older ideas of like polytheistic antiquity where like Zeus had like the Greek highest god Zeus. He like kind of literally came down to earth a couple of times and fucked like mortal women and like had like demigod children and this is more like the concept that Arius and probably a b- big portion of eastern christians eastern early christians saw uh, uh, jesus like he was just more or less a demigod he was fulfilling the purpose of a messenger but he himself was more like a demigod like of flesh and blood and he had some of god's spirit like, he had some, Mary, some yeah. god powers probably he was like a superhero basically but n- not a god and um this is also like very again like thinking back to to the crucifixion and like what what marcion didn't like it's kind of the the same thing from the completely different perspective because if jesus was god himself how could he be crucified you know he had to be a man and like in arius's perspective a mere man to be able to be killed and as like for arius unlike marcion he, was, he believed the crucifixion. He believed in the crucifixion and, 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 and crucifixion. And it was 
very important for him that Jesus was crucified because he also believed in this stuff. He, he, he didn't disavow the tradition of the Jews. He was very much incorporating them in, into Christianity. So for him, it was important that Jesus would die for our sins, like, quote, our sins on the cross. And so he could not have been God, or at least like he could have only been kind of God related, but like he could not have been God himself because if he was part of God himself, the humans would have been able to basically kill a part of God, you know? So yeah, and this, um, I don't want to go too much into Aries's other th teachings because I just don't know them too well. But uh, this, again, sparked some problems because there were a lot of Christians, other Christian groups already at the time after the decline of Marcionism that believed in Trinity. And yeah, how do we solve that problem? Do you have an idea? Well, he says no trinity, little double. Well, let's say my question was a bit misleading, maybe. <laughs> they didn't solve it in a theological way. Like ah. they or like at least not not the bishops, not the, the the leaders of the different Christian communities weren't able they did this with other minor problems, but they weren't able to all sit down around a table and basically agree on one thing. So, so what's what's the two solutions we have here now usually? Kill them. Kill them. Yeah, usually that would spark a religious war. Everybody that survives is right, the others are dead already. But again, we are in the Roman Empire. We are in a in a in a situation where the Roman Empire, the leadership, the the royalty, if you will so, of the Roman Empire has become more aware and closer connected and on a political sense to Christianity, as it has become the major religion of the whole empire. Not saying that like the emperors themselves were Christians already. That kind of happened during that time. We'll talk about this. But um, they could not ignore him anymore. They, they, this, this was a problem that was on the agenda even for the highest up leader of the empire at the time. And uh, yeah, there was no like the, the, the Roman empires would not have emperors would not have allowed a religious war about what they probably still consider to be weird Jewish ideas in the east of their empire. Um, so Emperor Constantine, one of the most important Roman empires, emperors, I'm sorry, emperors, um, in the year 324, so you see we're a bit later, uh, in the year 324, he um, had uh, taken out one of his biggest competitors, because like in Roman tradition, like let's, let's, let me tell you a bit about the Roman political tradition. Like, it's it's amazing for me, but about 350 years or more, they played a big theater, which meant like, no, the emperor is not actually the emperor. You know, when we call him emperor now, that's even misleading because he was called princeps or princeps, princeps inter pares even. That means like the the most outstanding among others. So he's not like, like like i don't know it's not it's not he doesn't have a mandate of heaven per se he has like some godly aspects related to the to the roman classic pantheon jupiter and shit but um he he uh, um is leading by his ability he's just the best abled man to do it and that's why he's the emperor but still in and like how romans saw their empire themselves it was still a republic, basically. So he, there was still a senate. They they congregated to discuss political things that were all later overruled or decided by the emperor. But the emperor could not like basically step out on a balcony and say like, "Yeah, mother, I, motherfuckers, I'm you will do what I do, or I chop your hats off. I'm I'm the boss." Uh, he always had to play theater, you know. 
Oh, so it's like a technocratic government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like uh, giving. Like, th- that's why it was so successful. I think it, like it was giving people the idea of like the rulers were actually ruling in their interest because they were one of them, kind of, in a very aloof sense. I, I think, but um, obviously it was like an outright monarchy for hundreds of years already. Not with one dynasty. It was not like uh, that automatically the son, the first son of the old emperor, became the new one after he died or something. That's like an idea that we have in the Middle Ages. So sometimes they adopted people and then made them the other emperors and shit. But yeah, what I want to say is like Constantine, Constantinus, was in the year 324, not or until the year 324, not the only ruler. Technically, the Roman Empire had two rulers. Um, and um, this was not like completely clear cut out who's ruling over which area and what. They were always like a bit like contesting with each other and like... Yeah, uh, having troubles, which in good old Roman tradition, they usually solved it with war. So in the year 324, there was the whatever 50s Roman civil war or something, where Emperor Constantine or like the soon to be uh, sole Emperor Constantine um, was able to take this guy out and became the one single ruler of the Roman Empire. For a while that hadn't happened and now he was again the single ruler. And at the same time, he had this problem with the Christians in the East. And there's one story which I just want to recall a little is like how Constantine, how cynical Constantine probably was with uh, using Christianity as a tool. The battle I was talking about, it was a battle, not like a murder or something. But the battle where he took out his contester uh, happened near Rome. Of course, Rome was always the one city you got a rule over to at least have like a yep. good claim on the emperor's throne. And... Yeah, I don't know. As like it's something as a stunt, we don't know if it really happened. Maybe it was later just invented by Christians. But the story is like that. Um, it's it's called the Battle of the Milvic Bridge. There was a bridge near Rome, and that was like on the one side the uh, one guy's army, and on the other side Constantine's army, um, like uh, marched and and, yeah, yeah. and like uh, yeah, uh, got into battle formation. And Emperor Constantine supposedly had a dream the night before in his tent where, I don't know if it's Jesus or an angel or something, appeared to him in his sleep and said, like, in hoc signo vinces, which means, like, you will win in, under this sign and showed him a cross, basically. So Emperor Constantine made every one of his single soldiers, according to the legend, paint a cross on their shields and under this sign they won the battle. So that like kind of um, made uh, it's probably just a made-up story, which should show you that like Constantine could not rule without recognizing the Christians of sorts, and um, yeah. So and, and this like if you believe it to be true or not um, is an indicator of the power the Christian communities had by this time already, especially the Roman bishop who later on became the pope, <coughs> or some would even consider the Roman bishop at this time already to be the pope, although it was different from what we consider to be the pope now, and um, yeah. So um, I think it was a bit later that Constantine himself even superficially converted to Christianity and and it even later a bit it became something like state religion. Um, so he wanted to, Constantine definitely wanted to have to s- this problem with this theological problem which could have like not bothered him at all actually um, to be solved in the East to, to A, 
consolidate his power to show that he's the one ruler who will like solve all the problems of the empire and also like um, unite the Christians all behind him basically. And so he in the year 325 um, uh, made all the bishops congregate, all the eastern bishops, some of them even were from western Persia which was the non-Roman Parsian empire but you see how important the Roman Empire was for Christianity as like a global religion, if you will, by that time. So even they came to this council of Nicaea. Nicaea is a town um, near Constantinople. Also, you can see here the shift of power from Rome to Constantinople. It's a place in modern day Turkey. Which is now we're talking about the Byzantine Empire. Not near, not really. No, not really. I think like the term, you could say Byzantine Empire, but the Byzantine Empire, we really only talk about after the fall of the western part the western part of the roman empire was still existing the power and only the center of power only shifted more to the east okay and like the the we i, I mean like i'm not an expert yeah yeah like, it's but, not that important but the byzantine empire they would really only like like historians who really know much about it would really probably call it byzantine empire after the year 500 or something so we're okay. not there yet and um, yeah so he he made these 2 to 300 bishops uh, congregate in this town and um, they wanted to uh, dispute or like solve the dispute over two big things one was Arianism which as related to the Arius guy I told you before like basically solving this problem with Trinity and the nature of of uh, Jesus and funny enough and I don't know too much about it the regulation of Easter. So when when is Easter actually? <laughs> when should we celebrate Easter? Because even back then of course for good reasons Easter was uh, the main day of celebrations for Christians. Um, they seem to have settled for Easter to be in April. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's all I know. It's probably the time we have Easter now was was uh, decided back then. The other bigger thing. I mean, it was celebrated even before. I mean, like Christian Easter, like uh, re commemorating like uh, Jesus's crucifixion, not not spring, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. Always in the in the older cultures in in the east, it was during the like springtime, and it's almost the same still in eastern. That's what like, that was when they figured out all the bunnies, all the bunnies and eggs stuff too. Yeah, it's about fertility. And, yeah, yeah, but Emperor Constantine also decided that Here like we have to have bunnies and we have, we have to, to have hide eggs, eggs and every year in little all nests around the empire. Children have to search for them. That's, <laughs> that's all what was decided at the council. Congregation. I imagine. <laughs> What's it called? Congregation, I think. Council, congregation, Council, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, to cut this long story short, um, Constantine himself, he like he made these bishops like for a couple of dozens, maybe even more than a good part, more than a hundred days. Like he wasn't there all the time. He had other shit to do, but like he made them stay there and like even guarded them and may even locked doors. Some stories say. Wow. Um, and said like you're not getting out here because before you have fucking solved this problem. And so out of uh, first probably a good number of debates, later on a good number of uh, um, being fed up with the whole situation, they decided on what we now call the Trinity. And the Aryans lost, no pun intended. Um, Once again, I mean the first time, I guess. They, 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 they lost. And uh, so, yeah, and there's even a saying that um, when he in the end showed up to basically make them uh, uh, make their decision public, make them make their decision public. It's some, some even say that um, 
Constantine himself, so upset with still some quarrels and debates going on, said like, um, the son is one, is of one being with the father. And that's like the solution. So you could even say like the Trinity is so stupid because it just was decided for political reasons by a Roman emperor who didn't really give a fuck about all the, the theological repercussions. But also he, ne he never mentions the, the Holy Spirit again. <laughs> Please address this to, to long death Emperor Constantine. He calls it the Trinity, and then he's like, yes, it's the Trinity. The Son is the same as the Father. The, the most important thing is, is of course, that... Uh, um, so basically, the whole Arianism thing wasn't addressed. The whole, just the, no, no, it was addressed. It was like Arius himself, I think, was, was there and uh, uh, brought forth bullshit. his argument. But like the he was not too popular among the other bishops, I think. Probably also like Marcion, again, very... Um, kind of a dick. Uh, not necessarily kind of a dick, but like aspiring to to be of more importance than he was at the time already. And like the other ones probably wanted to cut him down. And so, yeah, um, that's basically, you can say, this the point in time where something like the Catholic Church that later on had like its schisms and separations uh, to the East and North and, you know, up to Martin Luther and everything... Um, was founded and that's like this is like the first thing where we have like two things also the 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 uh, gospels the canonical gospels the synoptic gospels plus john's gospel were already then compiled to the thing we call bible and the problem with trinity which is not in the bible at all really um but like in the in the catechisms and like the the teachings of how you you actually live your christianity yeah. basically um we're solved and that's like these are the two pillars like the bible and the problem with trinity which make up christianity up to this day not saying there's not non-trinitarian christian churches i think the jehovah's witnesses we talked about today uh, several times they don't believe in trinity i think i don't know if they do or not i don't think they do. they're definitely a fringe group in the middle east there are a lot of um Small Christian, old Christian groups uh, that don't believe in the Trinity. Huh. So, yeah, that um, was my little story about um, how Christianity was invented, you could say. Well, man. Any, any further additions from your side? Well, if Christianity didn't exist, we'd have to invent it. You know what I mean? As yeah. Voltaire said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... I don't know. The, th the thing is that a lot of theologians, especially like Christian theologians, like of modern Christianity, know this shit and they still believe that all the politics that's involved and all those things, you still believe that this is the right one. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It's the power of tradition, you know, if you like tell one story long enough, there's any, yeah. any other option seems very far-fetched at some point, you know. Little finger, yeah, he said that. If we keep repeating the lie long enough, we start believing it. He was at that council, actually. For little finger, I'm sure. I told you about this documentary where yeah, I saw so dragons. He flew there with his dragon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I think it was good, man. Thank you Thank so you. much. Um, Thank you for letting me cover this um, little known subject, which like even a lot of our christian uh, listeners we might have hey, uh, guess, probably don't know too much about guess what maybe you get inspired a little bit maybe finally stop sitting on your christian ass maybe go out there start a little something maybe consider becoming a witness of jehovah i don't know no i'm saying start <laughs> your own thing you know come on oh, yeah yeah the feel, end times are coming may as well uh 
set up a little religion. I mean, like they've been coming for a thousand years now, so they must be here soon. I they're, think they're, they're coming. Running a bit late, maybe, and but they're, they're coming, coming hard. I'm not a Christian, but I really hope the end comes. <laughs> I, hope, I hate you all. I hope not you specifically, both. Just no, no, no. I'm specifically. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're welcome.